So don't be waiting for the yellow brick road to come to your front door, because it ain't, okay? It's gonna show up in disguise. It's not even gonna show up. You're gonna have to go out into the world, go out to the mall, go out and mingle, go out on the internet until the pandemic passes. Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting 5 to 15 minutes, where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Jambo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. And to correct my pronunciation, thanks for the tips out there, Jumbo is the Swahili greeting for hello. But to adventurers like us, it means I'm glad our paths have crossed in this most awesome of all adventures called life. And today, it's for a spiritual tune-up on one of my absolute all-time, in 20 years teaching, favorite lessons. Sometimes, knocking on one door like a little mouse it's not that attractive you don't know if it's going to have any payoff you know as as in taking baby steps down a path to bring about transformation in your life sometimes you assess your doors none of them are that good better to do something than nothing always you knock on that door and that damn thing doesn't open. And you knock some more and it doesn't open. And you knock some more and it doesn't open. Fortunately, you're knocking on other doors as well. But this one door that you didn't even wanna knock on, good for you that you knocked on it because suddenly that door opened. A door you didn't even know existed. A door that is like flaming hot, super cool. And the door you knocked on never opened just as well. Sometimes knocking on one door forces another door to open that you did not know was there that would never have opened had you not knocked on that first sucky door. Oh my gosh, has this shown up time and time again in my life, beginning from the dark night of my soul, you know, and, and I, I notice I talk a lot about 20 years ago when I was at rock bottom. And I also talk about adversity and, and challenge and, and times like we're going through right now where there doesn't seem to be a, a silver lining. But it's in these moments of adversity that greatness is summoned, that infinite possibilities are aroused. And so right now, if you're going through a funk, some more so than others, consider it a sign that a great big dream is coming true okay so going back to my dark night of the soul i had only sucky options that's another talking point maybe tomorrow so i set, assessed them and i chose my least sucky and one of those least sucky paths which was truly sucky that's a word s-u-c-k-y truly sucky was speaking 
professional speaking. Speakers can get paid a ton of money. And I like to ramble about the nature of reality, as you can clearly see. Um, but I didn't like speaking in front of anybody, you know, any audience more than three people. I'd never done so in my life. And I was almost 40 with one or two exceptions in which I was rather humiliated. But I didn't want to lose my house. So one of the sucky options before me, given that I liked writing, was, hey, maybe you could do the same thing with your voice and get paid since writing isn't paying and nobody would publish me. And so I asked a professional speaker, one of the most renowned speakers in the state of Florida, if I could buy him some beers and learn about how he got started. Always ask people for help. That's another teaching point. You know, ask people. Nine out of ten will give you too much information and you will be so grateful. One out of ten is too busy. Bless them. So I knocked on this door timidly, afraid, didn't want to. I hated speaking. I hated speaking to an audience. Not that I had done it much, just Toastmasters. And uh, I asked him for tips. He said, yes, let's go drink beer. So I bought him all this beer. And the whole night we talked about internet marketing. And I drove home thinking that was a big waste, but it's just as well because I hate speaking. Four days later, another door flew open that never would have flown open had I not knocked on that sucky door and asked for help as a professional speaker. And it had nothing to do with speaking. The same guy called me back and said, Mike, you've got 3,000 people in your database and I've got 3,000 people in mine. And a friend of mine has taught me how to do internet marketing to launch a self-published audio program over a year. Every month, there's a new installment. We'll just interview each other every month. This got me over the hurdle of committing to a big project. I said, if you're going to be my partner, I'll do it. I was like, I'm all on this. Um, what do we call it? I came up with the name Infinite Possibilities, The Art of Living Your Dreams. He was like, wow. And I was like, wow, I, was, I need to hear that for my life. And, um, and then he, I did everything he said, even though it was a bit salesy, you know, it was a bit aggressive, like tell people what's in it for them. And I was like, oh, I don't really like doing that, but I'm desperate. Uh, I did everything he said. And on the debut day, I sold $5,000 to my little list of Notes from the Universe subscribers. You are the wind beneath my wings. And he sold zero. And I said, didn't you do all that stuff you told me to do? You sold zero? I didn't believe him. He didn't believe me. I didn't believe me. And he said, oh, no, I thought it was too salesy. Anyway, anyway, it's like the divine moves and in mysterious ways, when you have a dream, wealth and abundance, friends and laughter, creative, fulfilling work, international travel, that's where I was, emerging from the dark night of my soul. The universe is like, I know how to do that. You need to get over this block. You need to have some confidence in yourself. You need to put together a program that I'll help you title Infinite Possibilities, The Art of Living Your Dreams. And I'm going to bring somebody into the equation, but I can't get him into the equation unless you approach him. So approach him on any feeble context. Now, I didn't hear that conversation. I was just like, this is the best I can do with my lot in life is start exploring public speaking. It's like, no, every step you take, the universe takes 10,000 on your behalf. You take another 10,000 more. You take another 10,000. Do you see them? No, you see nothing. That's the hook of life. But because you did something, anything is better than nothing. Given, you know, there's pandemic now, given there may be some constraints, but do stuff on the internet, you know, Google and 
search and read success stories and do spiritual tune-ups with me. I mean, this counts. But, you know, so can you also knock on doors. Anyway, the guy bowed out and said, Mike, you don't have to split that money with me. I'm like, and he said, just do it yourself. I'm like, oh. I never would have done it myself. This was the universe getting everything in order based on my further dream, drawing me, drawing me through unthought of territory so that I could be in this place where I was suddenly on the hook. I was not going to refund anybody their money. I was going to produce. I was going to deliver. And I bore down and I crammed and I wrote a script of like eight or 9,000 words titled Thoughts Become Things. Chapter one of infinite possibilities. And I was, I was on a tear. It took 10 months to finish those 12 chapters. Uh, but then my notes from the universe subscribers bought more and more and more. And one of those subscribers was Rhonda Byrne and her sister in Australia, in Melbourne. And I didn't know that. I didn't know them. And then one day they called, they sent a message, email, dear Mike, we love the notes. Dear Mike, we love infinite possibilities. Can we, interview you for this documentary on the law of attraction called the secret. I was like, I don't know, maybe what's in it for me, man. And so I did it. And because I was in the secret, suddenly people who would not publish. Now this is a couple of years down the path, a couple the people who wouldn't publish even really cool publishers, the best publisher in the world, they wouldn't even publish infinite possibilities because I was unknown, but because I had a, a raised platform being in the secret. Um, Simon and Schuster published infinite possibilities, the art of living your dreams. And because of you, it debuted on the New York times bestseller list, the same program words cleaned up a lot, uh, that I had done because I knocked on that door to learn how to speak fellow adventurers, sometimes knocking on one door that you didn't even want to knock on forces another better door to open that never would have opened unless you had knocked on that first door. So don't be waiting for the yellow brick road to come to your front door because it ain't okay. It's going to show up in disguise. It's going to be really yucky. Well, not necessarily awful. It's not even going to show up. You're going to have to go out into the world, go out to the mall, go out and mingle, go out on the internet until the pandemic passes and be available, reach out, knock on doors, turn over stones, and prepare to be astounded. Uh, great to be with you on a spiritual tune-up, and this one is titled, How to Overcome Resistance and Just Start It. And let me address the obvious that we all have three challenges when it comes to getting our groove on, busting a move and moving forward. And those challenges all evoke some type of resistance. You know what I'm talking about? You're feeling it right now because you've got the idea in your head, but there's three things you're waiting for. First, you think to yourself, it's the best idea I've ever had. I'm ready to go forward, but I'm not quite ready. Well, let me tell you from a lifetime's experience, you are not ready. 
do it anyway. You're never going to be ready. You just got to bite the bullet. It is amazing what happens when you take those initial baby steps. This is the ducks lining up, okay? You're not ready. It's time to do it anyway. Show up and the resources you need to finish the journey will be added to you. That's the second hurdle. It's not just that you're not ready psychologically, you don't have the time, when are you gonna write a book? But hey, you're gonna need some, some financing. You're gonna need some marketing guru. You're gonna need an IT technician. Yeah, that's part of the, <laughs> the resistance, right? My life has shown me that once I start, the resources I need to finish the journey are added. And my favorite metaphor for this um, is the mama duck. You know what I'm talking about? The mama duck at the lake. She's got, you know, four or five or 12 little ducklings that follow her wherever she goes. What happens when mama stops? The ducks disperse. When mama needs to go somewhere, cross the road, for example, does mama say, you know, Get in the line, everybody line up. Once you line up, I'll finally be able to cross the street. No, what does mama do? She goes, she just goes. When the baby ducks see mama go, they all run, they all come flying and they all single file, single file get behind mama. The same is true with our ducks, the resources, the confidence, the self-love, the clarity, the plot, the storyline, the business partners, the clients, everything you need to finish the journey only assembles once you start. So you can see if you haven't started, they're not going to line up and you will be perpetually in this mode of resistance. So number one, you're not ready to start anyway. Number two, when you start, the resources will be added. Okay. And only when you Think how daunting that is, but this is the hook of life and uh, this is the hook of living in the jungles of time and space where things are not as they appear. You have to stop honoring to the degree you do what your physical senses tell you about reality. And you need to start honoring what your inner senses, your inner vision is showing you as to possibilities in your life. Okay, and only by honoring that vision can you then boldly step out of your comfort zone, take a baby step into the unknown, and land will appear beneath your very feet. This is life's greatest hook. The third thing, I alluded to this yesterday, I said it would be a good talking point, and I mentioned it during my 40-minute mini manifesting workshop, link below, yours for free, yesterday. And that is, okay, maybe you don't know what that good idea is, okay? Maybe you have no idea where to begin. Maybe your life has been put on, put on, <coughs> put on hold because of lockdown or because of other things that have compounded lockdown. And maybe you're running out of money and you don't know what the life of your dreams is. That's where I was 20 years ago. And... Is I've got great news for you. Assess your options. If you are where I was, they all suck. S-U-C-K. Assess your sucky options, okay? 
you wouldn't be in this place that I've just described if you had good options. Okay, so let's just, just level up. So you have sucky options. Um, give yourself a deadline, two days, two days max. So that means come Monday morning, game on. And you will have chosen the three least sucky options, the least sucky, that's as good as it gets, and you go. Don't pick one, pick three, pick four, maybe even pick five. Some will be blocked, some will make you nauseous. Others will be like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden you'll get two thumbs up confirmation. Once you get going, the universe is pressing to you your heart's desire, joy, happiness, friends, laughter, clarity. It knows you want that much. You might not know how you're going to get there, but it knows you want that much. It's being pressed to you. You just need to be available for so-called serendipity, so-called coincidences, and so-called happy accidents. So when you don't know what to do, when you don't know where to go, that's not a good reason to do nothing and wait, because you will wait until the cows come home. Instead, assess your sucky options. For me, it was like, circulated my accountant's resume. Hadn't done that for 10 years. For me, it was join Toastmasters. I hated the idea of speaking to an audience. And for me, it was work on this free website, tut.com, that turned into notes from the universe. As Martin Luther King Jr. said, it's only by taking those first few steps on the staircase can you then see where it's really going. And only by taking some steps, doesn't matter what the steps are. Remember, the diamond mine, it's a dirt road that leads you to the diamond mind. And as the universe once said, just freaking start. Whatever road you choose is not gonna be the road you arrive on, okay? You're gonna get it wrong, but it's gonna lead you to a better road, better road, better road, closed door, locked door, open door, take the stairs, parachute, new door. Once you get going, you are reachable and you actually navigate in and out of invisible limiting beliefs and you pull those suckers out by the roots without even knowing what they were. So don't fight the resistance, just get started. And this is how. Jambo, Jumbo, and good morning. Happy weekend to everybody. April 18th, 2020. And we're ready for another spiritual tune up on quite a dicey subject. Um, but you deserve to know it all. Uh, the truth will set you free. It will totally empower you. And there's a lot of misconceptions around the notion of suicide. A couple things I want to tell you. I'm going to dive into this because yesterday somebody wrote in the comments uh, this question. Because if there is a question that you have in the tapestry of your understanding, the nature of reality, it is through that question that your power slips away. And the truth is knowable. It is absolute. It is at your fingertips. And I would love to be the person who perhaps gives you a leg up. The other thing I'd like to make clear right away is that I'm a recovering certified public accountant who for the past 30 years has been an entrepreneur trying to help people understand life and the nature of reality with little poems on t-shirts and now notes from the universe if you're feeling depressed, if you have suicidal thoughts, if this is applicable to anybody that you love, 
please pick up the phone, call a hotline, seek professional assistance. What you're going through or what they're going through is temporary. It seems like forever. You've never been happy before. That's the trick of the illusions and the power of the present moment and chosen perspectives, even if you don't realize you've chosen perspectives. They cast your past and your future in a very bleak and unhappy light. This is not the truth. Seek professional help. I always say when it comes to well-being and sanity and the roof over your head, play both ends to the middle. You know, do the conventional stuff, be a good patient, and open your heart, mind, and soul to new ideas, like perhaps what I'm about to share with you now on the nature of suicide, what happens, etc. So the reason that there's such misconceptions in my view about suicide is because of what religion has taught us. I'm also a recovering Catholic, um, that it's a sin, that you will be greeted by the devil, that you will spend eternity in hell. Now, fortunately, I have to watch my words carefully here. Fortunately, that's not true. Okay, not even remotely true. And those who pass on the other side, no matter what the means of death, no matter how goody-goody they were in their life, they're greeted with love and acceptance and non-judgment. But unfortunately, those of us that remain here are tormented with what could I have done? How could things have been different? This was a lost opportunity. And now my loved one is burning in fiery pits, pitchfork with the devil forever and ever and ever, and they are drawn through hell. There is absolutely no such thing as hell. Neither is there a devil motivated by his own evil intents. Neither does evil lurk as an entity on its own throughout time and space. The closest thing to hell is what we create in our own minds through confusion and not understanding the beauty and the love and the infinite possibilities that surround all of us all of the time, 24 seven. So what happens when somebody commits suicide? Immediately, when one door closes, another one opens, no matter the means, as I just said. Um, they are greeted with love, with compassion, with understanding. And they are, when they're ready, they are shown how else they could have dealt with their disappointing circumstances. They're given another chance, whether they come back to time and space, whether they spend a million years in the palm of God's hand, where they, where they get training, where they get schooling, where they get inspiration. I mean, not, not so conventional as we would do schooling here, but as they learn and grow, they see things in a better light. They prepare for their next incarnation or their lesson, and, and they go on and on forever and ever in love and joy. And of course, that includes coming back and visiting you all. But let me tell you, anybody on the other side who has made that horrific decision to take their own life will ultimately and probably immediately be faced with immense grief, immense grief, when they realized that there were other choices available to them, that their time and space was not done, evidenced by their earlier beating heart, and they see the damage and the heartbreak and the sorrow of those they left behind. 
Uh, I'm a survivor of a suicide. My uncle, my mother's brother, committed suicide about 20 years ago, and it was a devastating effect on the immediate family. All of those feelings that everyone can feel, uh, that you could imagine, poured through all of us. Uh, what could I have done? What could I have said? How could this have been different? And this is seen on the other side, and they are powerless to do anything about it. And in our learning of the ramifications and the, some study about, you know, surviving depression, it was pointed out, and this is, you know, from psychiatrists, that most suicides, most, not all, um, are an attempt by the one doing the deed to seek revenge on the living. Like, I'll show you how important I am. I'll show you the void in your life. I'll show you just one poor attempt to put together their own life, to save their own face, and then they're off, whereas they can't do anything about it. Um, it can only be described as horrific on the other side when you realize the travesty. And while we all live forever and ever and ever, inside the heart of God. Never again will that person who committed that deed have exactly the same chances, exactly the same love opportunities, exactly the same space for redemption and ramping up to a higher orbit of understanding, clarity, and love than they had in that life that they robbed themselves of. For those right now, perhaps in depression, perhaps contemplating suicide, please, please seek professional help immerse yourself in truth. This will pass. It always passed. There are endless stories of people who were on the brink, who went on to live joyful, fulfilled lives. It doesn't seem like it's temporary. It seems like it's forever. If you are in need of support right now, I do have a number of books. If you're aware of any book that I have written that you're not in the means to purchase, I will give one to you free. I will buy the ebook and send it to you through Amazon. So if you are in that instance, in that situation, private message me in Facebook and send me your physical address, your, your email address is all I need. Your email address, private message me if you can't buy it yourself. And I will send you any book I've written of your choice to help perhaps bring some clarity. And one book in particular that I'm extremely proud of that I wrote is titled The Top 10 Things Dead People Want to Tell You, People Who Have Passed. And in that book, I visit suicide from three perspectives in a number of different places in the book. One from the person's perspective who's contemplating it. Two, from that same person's perspective, if they have chosen it what the world looks like, what heaven looks like, because they are in heaven, uh, how they feel and what they've learned from it. And number three, the survivor's perspective. So that book is titled The Top 10 Things Dead People Want to Tell You. I will send you a free e-copy. I will buy it. I will send it to you through Amazon. Um, you know, this is an offer for those who can't afford it. Um, if you can afford it, Make the effort. Let me tell you, if you're going through hell right now, you are living your greatest story right now. And you are going to be poised to help 
countless others who will one day be in the shoes that you now wear, who will need to hear your words, who I can't reach, who nobody else can reach, but you will, you will have prevailed. You will have pulled through. You will see the light again. The sun will rise and you will understand the beauty and the magnificence of the world where opportunity never stops knocking, where there's enough worms for all of the birds, where every single day we're pushed on to greatness and every single day divine intelligence is stretching and reaching to find you, to comfort you, to show you the light of truth. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley here for a spiritual tune-up and today's lesson is to not rely on your physical senses alone to interpret the journey. Yesterday, I asked and invited you viewers to post questions below Facebook and Instagram doing this simultaneously. And I got a lot of great questions. So many great questions. I wish I had an hour and that might not even be enough. Um, but there was one question in particular that had a tone of several questions uh, that's very relevant to what's happening in the world today. And that question I have fielded the entire 20 years I've been taking questions. And it's generalized like this. You know, what happens, Mike, when you're cruising along and you're visualizing, you got your end results, you're taking baby steps, everything's going fantastic. And then bam, you're blindsided. What do you make of that? What does that mean? Is that an invisible limiting belief? What's wrong? Okay, so obviously this has some relevance now because many of you had some traction six months ago, three months ago, two months ago, and then coronavirus pandemic, coupled with other unforeseen things happening in your life. Um, what to make of it? Never, 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 never use your physical senses alone to pass judgment on yourself or your journey. These little peepers, they're the biggest liars on planet Earth as they're most often used. Who am I? What am I doing? Where am I going? How's it going? Your physical senses are only meant to interpret exactly what you've manifested heretofore. This beautiful moment, well done, bravo. But do not begin extrapolating, thinking that, well, I had a bunch of momentum and now I have zero life momentum. That may not be true at all, but now because you believed it based on the lying peepers who do not know how to interpret the future, now it's an issue to contend with this be belief that you've just now adopted based on your physical senses that things aren't working out the way they were i must be self-sabotaging i must not believe i'm worthy i think i should watch the secret 20 more times in a row this ties in to my gps analogy which already several times including i believe two days ago i referenced in the spiritual tune-up the parallels for living deliberately through creative and conscious, conscious living, deliberate manifestation, the parallels to GPS navigation are like, you begin with the end in mind, the destination, the destination forces the details. Just, just like in your car, the destination 
tells you left, right, and considers every possible road you could go down. In life, when you have a desire for transformation, go in your mind, not with your eyes, your mind's eye, and see and define the life of your wildest dreams, the transformation already taken place. Do not mess with the hows. You don't mess with the hows and GPS guidance in your car. Well, it says to go south, but I love going north. My friends went north and had so much fun. It's like, forget the house, forget the direction. It might be a detour ahead. It might be who knows what's going on. When it comes to GPS guidance given by divine intelligence, it's like uncanny. And one of the most important things after end result is programmed, car in gear, not going anywhere if your car is not in gear. One of the most important things to realize is to not judge the journey not assume it's not working just because you can't see it working. Invariably, the miracles, and we are caked in miracles every day, the miracles that would bring your journey to fruition are invisible when they happen. They're not known until long after they occur, usually not until the dream comes true. And you're like, thank God I took that left-hand turn. Thank God I went around that detour. Thank God... I followed my intuition because now I can look back and I can see the magic that was made possible by me not wavering on the end result, yet always doing what I could with what I got from where I was. I told you in, in my 40-minute 40 work, 40 workshop, mini manifesting workshop a couple of days ago, that 20 years ago, my life was a train wreck and I decided not to use my physical senses to pass judgment on myself and instead to bear down to the truth, thoughts become things, have an end result, do something about it, no matter how embarrassing or seemingly few, feeble. And then a couple of years later, I look back in my rearview mirror and I can't find a train wreck because the train never wrecked. Do you see what happens when you're like, oh, I was making progress, now I'm not. What's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. This is one gigantic healing on planet Earth that is going to facilitate your wildest dreams coming true in ways you cannot imagine presently. So to draw the conclusion, like what's wrong with me? Like nothing's wrong with you. Everything's great about you. Could not be more powerful than you are. Could not be more poised for greatness. Could not be more beautiful. Could not be more anything than you are right now. So of course, use your physical senses and a little bit of logic, emphasis on a little bit, to tweak the sails and turn the rudder and formulate doors to knock on and stones to turn over, but don't go so far as to assume something's wrong. You know, every journey is filled with back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I read a note from the universe the other day. I can't shut up. It said, you're about to walk through a forest. You know exactly where you want to get to on the other side of that forest. Do you think? Do you think for even one fleeting second that you're going to walk a straight line? Heck no, you're going to be in and out of trees, up and down hills, around crevices, jump over the stream, befriend a deer, hug a tree. You're going to be like this. And that's going to be the shortest, quickest way. And it's going to be the happiest way as well. You're not really good at walking through wood yet. So... The same thing with your dream of abundance or living happy in Hawaii or whatever it is. 
hey, it's going to go here and there. And every time you have to walk around a boulder or dodge an avalanche or shelter for the rain doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. Jambo fellow adventurers, today's question is buying a lottery ticket the same as messing with the cursed house. This has layers and layers of lessons. So I love this question and it's one that I think anybody new to the law of attraction will wonder, you know, what if, what if a bunch of people are thinking about winning the lottery? What a bunch of people are thinking about winning the gold medal at the Olympics? What if a bunch of people want that corner office at Acme company? Um, how does divine intelligence sort out who gets what, when, and where? All right. So, uh, the very first thing to do is to explain cursed house. Uh, I've done that lightly, indirectly in earlier spiritual tune-ups, but when it comes to orchestrating life's magic, it is not our domain to name how a dream will come true. Neither can we force specific people to behave specific ways, nor should we ever attach to unimportant details. Those three things I call the Bermuda Triangle of Manifesting. You can't know what all of your other beliefs are. You can't know what your invisible sabotaging, self-sabotaging beliefs might be. You can't know the terrain ahead, whether the economies will be rising and falling, whether somebody's practicing harder than you in Beijing or thinking about it more than you. You can't know these things. So I call somebody's insistence on how my dream will come true, a cursed how. Okay, there will be a how, but if at the outset you say, this is how my dream will come true, then you're slamming shut all other doors through which the magic could have reached you. Maybe better, faster, quicker, more joyful, harmonious ways the magic could have reached you is excluded because you've insisted on this. There's a law of attraction. My thoughts become things. The universe loves me. I will win the lottery and share my wealth with humanity. So do not mess with the cursed house. Instead, knock on different doors, turn over different stones, try different things. If what you really want is wealth and abundance, then visualize that end result, not how it's coming to you. And then, it's incumbent upon you to try different pathways, to go out and be a lightning rod for miracles. So yes, buy the lottery ticket if wealth and abundance is a high priority for you. Wealth and abundance is the end result, not winning the lottery. That's a possible how. Don't make it cursed by saying this is the only way. Okay, um, knock on, you know, start a business, ask for a promotion, ask for a raise, go back to school. You know, press the flesh, get out there, be creative, be in, innovative, be ingenious as you physically move towards wealth and abundance. And then buying a lottery ticket is not a cursed how. But let's say, but what I really, really, really want is to win the lottery. Or I really, really want that gold medal that I've spent my entire lifetime training for. What if other people want it as badly? What if they're visualizing as much? What if they have the exact same number of invisible limiting beliefs as you. You know, how does the universe pick and choose? Well, from within the illusions, okay, and that's already a big lie, but from within the illusions, 
at any given crossroads of their coordinates, there's only one person who can win that lottery or gold medal or whatever, only one person. Uh, and so I would deduce, I think it's fair to say, that the person who believed it the most, who expected it the most, who visualized it the most, in alignment with all of their other thoughts, being pro-winning, would be the person who wins, the one who wins the most. Now, there are parallel realities and there are splits that we're oblivious to. Um, when you meet a fork in the road, you go down both forks according to the Seth material and each one of you thinks you're the only one. So if you really wanted to win the lottery or the gold medal, in some realm, you would very likely win. But, but hang in there. This is way more important. This is the big, big lesson here beyond the ones I've shared. Why is it so important to, to win a gold medal? I know you're going to have reasons. Why is it so important to win that lottery ticket? There's only one person when you're wired to time and space that's going to win it. Here's the phenomenal news. When it comes to joy, laughter, self-confidence, creativity, expression, being of service, and all these other things that are truly the sauce of life. There's enough for everyone. There's enough for everyone. So if you want to be a micromanager and say, no, but I want the gold medal. This ought to be a cue to you that something's being missed here. Because I'll tell you, once you win the gold medal, life is going to be the same. Yeah, your parents will be proud of you. Yeah, you will have proved yourself to the people who didn't believe in you. Are, are those really important things? When you win the, the gold medal or the lottery ticket, what will matter is the journey between now and then. And if you're so single focused on this one thing that only one person can do because of pride or, or some other truly insignificant rationale when you drill down to truth, you're going to have a miserable journey. So move with joy and happiness. It is the ultimate end result. And don't think the universe is going to make you happy and broke and sick and lonely because you didn't specify. Happiness, as you want to be happy, implies that all of the cylinders are firing in your life, that you're well-rounded, you've got friends and romance and toys and bells and whistles and cash. And that's what happiness implies. That's going to be a topic maybe really soon tomorrow. So, what is it you really want and why do you want it? And if the reason isn't joy and happiness, then something is missing here. Now, that doesn't mean by any stretch, don't go for the lottery win. That doesn't mean don't go for the gold medal in the Olympics. Go for it, but don't hinge your happiness on it, okay? And with that frame of mind, you're more likely to win the lottery or the gold medal and or all of the above. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally ho!